it's Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awaken Tarot podcast. And I always feel silly saying that you know exactly what podcast you're listening to. Hi. So we'll just dive right in. I don't have a whole bunch to say um, off the top, so I'm just going to dive right into the current event section of this podcast. So I was I was scrolling through TikTok, um, and a creator, they are a trans creator, and their name is Erin in the Morin, and they are amazing. Uh, she gives up, she gives updates on essentially like different kinds of like legislation that comes through regarding the LGBTQIA plus community. And so um, I always stop and listen to, you know, kind of the news on that end. And there are two things that I want to talk about. Um, one of, I'll start with the piece of information that came out two days ago that Aaron in the Morn reported on. Um, it is a bill um, from Oklahoma, which could force trans people under 26 years old to detransition medically. Um, obviously, obviously, any trans person who does not have access to gender affirming care um, and medicine, it's a tra- it's, a, it's an absolute tragedy. And the fact that it would be they would be forced to under this law in Oklahoma is absolutely um, terrifying and terrible. Um, I encourage people who live in Oklahoma to contact the representatives. You know, the government officials are supposed to work for their constituents and check in on your on your friends in the trans community in Oklahoma right now, see how they're feeling and how they're doing. If you do not live in Oklahoma, like I do not live in Oklahoma, the best thing you can do is kind of bring awareness to the fact that this is a bill that is being currently pushed. It's a piece of legislation that exists um, that is just absolutely abusive to anybody under the age of 26 who cannot have access to gender affirming care. Now, Unfortunately, also, this is this this is another um, bill that Aaron and the Morn was talking about. And this one is a, it's in Arizona. And um, it's called SB 1026. And essentially, it is um, the proposal states that nobody can dress opposite of their gender identity and engage in singing, dancing, or monologuing, exaggerating their gender performance in front of minors. So essentially, this law or this piece of legislation is there to target drag shows um, and obviously transgender people. Now, this is kind of insane. I mean, not even kind of. This is insane because it not only targets things like the trans community, but also like plays theater all you know people like somebody in the comment section was like what does this mean for women who wear pantsuits like it's an absolutely insane law meant to target one thing um targeting a lot of things and i think you know i don't think that this law has passed but it is a piece of legislation that's up so the same as i said for oklahoma if you live in arizona call your representatives uh, call your representatives and tell them that this is fucking stupid. It's literally idiocracy. Like, I don't know if y'all have seen that movie, but it's truly just like such an inane. Both of these pieces of proposed legislation are so inane and insane and abusive. Um, if you don't live in Arizona, you can talk about it. You can pay attention. Um, Aaron in the Morn on TikTok is an incredible source of information about what is happening in the LGBTQIA plus community. Highly recommend finding creators that are 
You know, if the, if watching the news isn't your thing and it can be really hard to find a news source that people feel comfortable with, even like if you're liberal, even CNN sometimes misses the mark. And I'm not saying <clears throat> that we should get our news from social media exclusively. I'm saying that we should be finding voices from specific communities to help tell us exactly what is happening and listen to them and what they're saying. And on the flip side of that, we should also be doing our own research. And, you know, Google is free. We can research these things. We can actively seek out information. Um, You know, the same thing with what's happening currently in the other parts of the world, like Ukraine and Russia. Are you paying? Do you know what the current updates for that are? Do you know what's happening? Um, A lot of people, like, it's very hard. You get fatigued. And then, of course, in Iran as well. Now, there are specific little pieces of news coming out of Iran. There are constantly people from Iran on TikTok who are telling us about all of the people who have been put on death row who are about to be executed by hanging um, in Iran for peacefully protesting or being accused of things they did not do. Um, And all of it's sham trials putting them there. And several people have been executed this week. Um, So part of the thing is like, we don't live in Iran, but what we can do is help boost the names of the people who are about to be executed because the Islamic regime in Iran is less likely to execute people if the entirety of the world has their eyes on that person. Um, You know, it's so this is like one of the reasons it's important to seek out this information also. And I haven't been able to, I haven't heard any of this on the news. It's, this is a prime example of taking in the news, taking in the sources, and then also like, waiting to see what information or truth comes from it or is there. Um, I read and heard something about um, the Iran revolutionaries killing, like killing the judge that is ex- that is like sentencing these people to death in front of his home and that Iran would possibly say that he had gotten sick and hospitalized and died in the hospital. So like the public information will be that. But actually what happened is that revolutionaries killed him in front of his home. Um, Now, I've heard a couple TikToks talking about this. Uh, No news source has stated anything. But then again, no news source is going to quote people on TikTok. So, you know, take everything you hear with a grain of salt and also do your research and also wait and see. But also keep your ears open from the people who are in these places, especially especially when you're dealing with the kind of dictatorship that's happening in Iran currently, you can't trust the news that's coming from the government. So sometimes you have to go to the people and hear what they're saying as well. So um, a lot in the current events world kind of happening, just a lot going on in the world and a lot happening here. And, you know, Oklahoma and Arizona are not the only states that are pushing anti-trans laws. Obviously, Florida um, DeSantis has been pushing a lot of anti-LGBTQIA plus uh, legislation, and he's just a very problematic person in himself. Uh, not to mention, in the U.S. this week, there's been just an absolute shit show trying to get people sworn in to the to Congress with the Republicans and the GOP. Uh, the very the far right extremists refused to give Kevin McCarthy the votes he needed to become Speaker of the House. <laughs> Um, which he just kind of assumed that he would get. But the far right has essentially made Ke- like Kevin McCarthy was eventually voted in after several days and dozens upon dozens of votes. Um, he became Speaker of the House, but he gave away all his power. As Speaker of the House, you have certain things that you can do 
um, certain powers you get or certain privileges that you have as speaker. And then you can kind of gamble those away to get votes or you can kind of wheel and deal. And essentially, Kevin McCarthy gave away so much of his power specifically to the far right GOP who have been like um, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bobbert, Bobbert and Matt Gates, people like that. Now you've got the far right having more power than they ever needed in Congress because just one of the people on the far right don't like what Kevin McCarthy says or don't like what he's trying to do. Um, they can then redo the vote. Uh, Speaker of the House, which is just wild to me. So we'll see how long Kevin McCarthy lasts in office. But this is important because if we don't have a Speaker of the House, we can't fucking do things. So it's important to know it, it seems like a circus and it is a circus and it's a circus run by Republicans who are just literally fucking everything up right now. But at the same time, like we cannot properly push legislation, you know, like the Democrats can't even if the fucking Speaker of the House can't do anything. So it's um kind of a shit show. We'll wait and see what happens. Unfortunately, the Republicans do have this small minority in in the House right now. So yeah, that's it for current events. Listen, I know y'all don't like this part of the podcast, but it's very important. <laughs> so um, it's very important to collective energy. It's very important to tarot itself. So thank you for putting up with me. And I'm sure other people around the world thank you for intaking this knowledge as well. It's always nice to be a little bit more informed. The card we're talking about this week is the Four of Swords, which is really interesting. And I'm excited to do that because we haven't talked about it yet, but we have kind of talked about it recently in like a roundabout way. Um, Bailey's in my episode when we did the Ace of Swords. We talked a little bit about the Four of Swords and then I talked about the Four of Swords the next week because I had the imagery wrong. I should have pulled the card out and that anyway, I already said all of this regardless. Uh, this week we are talking about the Four of Swords. Uh, so let's kind of dive into the imagery of this card. It is a person. They are lying on their back. They're kind of sepia toned. Like um, essentially, this is the top of a coffin, um, and you can kind of see that the stone part of the coffin isn't closed all the way. But it's a person. Their hands are folded above them, like peaceful praying, almost like in meditation. Um, they the coffin or the stone like tablet that they're on has a sword engraved into the the stone casket, stone coffin, and then above the coffin altogether, specifically above the person's face, chest, and hands, are three swords. And these three swords um, also appear to be in stone. Like if the wall was stone, the, the, the swords are also engraved into the stone on the wall. And then you can see a window in the left, top right, left corner. And the stained glass window is the only thing in color. And what you're looking at when you look inside, like at the window and its imagery, is you're looking at what appears to be a child or a, or a person on their knees in front of a another person, and they almost it almost looks like the you know Mother Mary, um, the Holy Virgin Mother Mary, uh, sitting on something, looking at the person on their knees, and there might be like a church or some sort of like home behind them. Now, that seems silly to describe, except for the fact that it's the one thing on color in this. And it itself in this window looks like it could be a piece like a card in itself, almost. Um, and Pamela Coleman Smith, uh, she had a lot of artwork that she did besides the Smith Rider Waite in the tarot deck. And um, sometimes when you buy the Smith Rider Waite decks, they put like little extra card sized uh, paintings that Pamela Coleman Smith did as well. And it almost looks like one of those, this, the stained glass window. So, but let's talk about 
the traditional meaning of the four of swords when you look up the four of swords what it's going to tell you is like just in like the generic meaning thing it's going to say meditation relaxing eternal sleep depression um just a bunch of stuff about like a lot of vague descriptions of uh reasons you would (laughs) fall asleep with swords hanging over you like ignoring ignoring anxieties meditation sleep uh death stuff like that and um that's not super helpful uh but bailey and i did kind of tap a little bit when we were talking about the four of swords i tapped on this a little bit so i'm going to start there and then kind of get into the different um the different ways that i would read this in a reading um so the person in the casket, like it's a first off, the person that's in this card, that's one of the focal points of this card, um, that is the top of the stone casket. A lot of times, especially in like medieval medieval funerals, if you had money, you would kind of engrave the likeness of the person who died on top of the stone casket. You'll see that in regards to like um, Jane Seymour, which was Henry VIII's third wife. She died in childbirth, and he is said to have actually loved her. He loved her because she gave him a son that survived. So he, but she died before he could decide that she didn't need her head. Anyway, so she died in childbirth, after childbirth, and he constructed this stone effigy of her, like, on the top of her coffin, which is just, like, a very, like, and it's, it's like, a form of, like, uh, mourning. It's a form of endearment. It's a form of like kind of like mourning and showing your appreciation for that person, specifically if you had money. Um, and sometimes people still do it, but that's essentially what this is. This is literally the stone engravement of the person who died who is in the casket. And so they've got one sword engraved with them and three hanging over their head. The way that I read this is that or I interpret this card, is you have this person who feels like death laying down. You almost feel like like you have nothing more to give. Like all you have left to give of yourself is to lay down. And you have other things you have to do, right? You have these swords that are hanging over you, these things that almost like these tasks, like you're anxious about this, or you're planning on getting this done, or you have an email to send, but your your you need to lay down your sword. The last thing you can do, if you think about these swords almost like spoons, um, it, like that mental energy. Um, so people who don't have chronic illness, you may be wondering why I'm talking about spoons. There's this idea with people specifically who have chronic illness or have kind of this or are disabled in some way. They have these spoons specifically also in neurodivergent people as well. You have spoons and the spoons represent how much mental energy you have in a day. People with spoons have less energy than people who are not chronically ill, disabled or neurodivergent. Those people like you like have way more spoons than people who do. So for people with chronic illness or people who are neurodivergent or people who are disabled, you have like let's say you have seven spoons to get you through your day. Like you once you're out of those spoons and not all tasks just take one spoon sometimes tasks take three spoons and you never know what's going to take these spoons from you but once those spoons are gone you don't have anything left to give you have nothing so essentially you can think of like spoons like if energy was currency 
which it is your energy, like you have to pay in your energy to get things through and you're not getting any more energy. So it's not like eventually you're going to get that energy back or those spoons back for the day. Once they're gone, they're gone. So in the terms of this card, the four of swords, like this is a person who has what their one spoon left literally is for laying down. They cannot do the other three things because if they do not end their day, if they do not rest, if they do not lay that sword down, lay themselves down, they are not going to function. They're not going to function the next day. You're going to be in a spoon deficit because you didn't give yourself the proper amount of time to rest and heal. The four of swords, when you're thinking about the fact that fours, the number four in tarot was talking about the universe of the self, really letting you go into yourself. The Four of Swords is a really nice opportunity, specifically because in the Suit of Swords, we are dealing with like brain chemistry, communication, written and verbal, your anxieties, your fears, your thought processes, all of those types of things. The Four of Swords is a really nice opportunity to go into our into ourself, into our mind and give ourselves like, what can I actually put down? What can I put to rest? How can I conserve my energy? Sometimes this card does mean something like meditate. Sometimes this card does mean sleep, rest. Sometimes this card means you cannot tackle it all. Pick one. And if that one thing is literally sleep, do it. Um, th- this card is a reminder that not everything has to get done exactly when your brain tells you it needs to get done. So sort through your list or your tasks, figure out what needs done immediately and what can be pushed back and allow yourself, even that is a form of rest, not making yourself do everything in the day, in a day. Like, you know, let's, you know, you're a, you're a mom, you have small children, your kitchen sink is filled with dishes, but you know that if you choose to do the dishes, then you're going to be in a exhausted, shitty state of mind the rest of the day because you didn't like, you had the choice between doing dishes or like reading a couple chapters of your book while your toddler naps. And then you choose to do the dishes. Well, now you're worn out. You haven't taken one minute for yourself. And the rest of the day, you're not the mom you want to be because you didn't let yourself be the person that you needed to be. You didn't consider yourself a person at all. You considered yourself a tool. Sometimes the Four of Swords is a reminder that we need to not be a tool. We, not, we, need to, we do not need to be the stone-carved image that somebody else made of us, this perfect, this perfect form of us. Sometimes we just need to be us. And that's a thing that I, like, I have to remind myself all the time as a nanny and as a mom. Um, I, my husband reminds me all the time, like, I can do the dishes. I know that you feel like the sink is full of dishes and it makes you anxious, but I can do the dishes when I get home. You can take time to read a book or close your eyes or do skincare or whatever it is that makes me happy, that makes me feel like more of a person that conserves a little bit of my energy for later. Because I, if I don't do that, by the time it hits four, I'm not a lovely person to be around. I'm exhausted and frazzled and anxious. And the four of swords here is a reminder that like we can't make our responsibilities go away. But we can smartly conserve our energy in places to make it so that we 
can get through the day. And that's the that is the four of swords. That's kind of the meaning. It is a chance for us to go inside ourselves and consider our needs. Um, rest does not always physically mean you go to sleep. Sometimes it just means what can you do to make you feel like a person? Whether if that is your husband comes home at the end of the day or your partner comes home at the end of the day and you say, you know what, I'm going to go to Target and walk around and get a little latte for my mental health and sniff candles. Perfect. You know, my husband, my husband and I will do this like he'll come home from work. He'll help relieve me of the thing I've been doing all day, which is child care on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I will he and I will both as soon as Evie goes down, like there are times like. We don't we we sit together in silence. He plays a video game and I read my book and then eventually or usually around between 10 and 1030, we say, okay, it's time to go to bed and we snuggle. And sometimes we don't talk at all because we don't have the energy left to even make words. But what we need is to be in the same room as each other and go to bed at the same time and do something quietly for just ourselves. Um, And it's that it's that mental energy. Um, Sometimes this card comes up, like, let's say that you've been Let's say that you and your partner have been fighting or you and a friend have been fighting or you're in a fight with somebody and you pull this card. Sometimes the answer to a fight is simply just to exit the fight. Just exit yourself. You exit yourself out of the argument. Now, that doesn't mean that you forgive the other person. If you need to cut off contact with that person, don't tell them you're going to do it. Just exit the fight. Conserve your mental energy and do it. Or if you know that at, both of you have said you're running around in circles, you've said the same exact things five times, nobody seems to be getting it. Sometimes the answer is just, okay, stop the fight and come back to it in like a couple days. Bring it up again when things have calmed down, when it's not so heated, when you don't care as much. Sometimes the Four of Swords comes up in regards to, you know, let's talk about it in work related things like, what do I need to do for my career? You pull the Four of Swords. You're like, what? I need to like stop. I need to sleep. No, um, if your job is not paying you for the amount of work you're doing, figure out which task you're doing that's not in your job description and stop doing it. Simply just stop doing it. The idea here in this card is with the stained glass window is that to get back to feeling, because here's the deal, like this is a stone coffin engraved. It's a piece of art at the end of the day. The stained glass window is a piece of art at the end of the day. What piece of art would you rather be <laughs> to get to the point where you're out, where you're in the window, where you're that piece of art with the color and not feeling drained? You also have to let yourself rest. You have to set things down. You have to decide what spoons you have and what spoons you don't have. And it's unfortunate that we have to be, for many of us, we have to be at a point where we're considering like where we're going to put that energy, where we're going to place those spoons. But for a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, but for a lot of people, that's vastly important because especially now in today's world end stage capitalism where you're working your asses off and you're making barely any money and it costs like five dollars for a dozen eggs at the store and you're trying and you're cutting back or you're figuring things out and your children are screaming or you're a teacher and your work's overloaded and you're grading papers on a sunday figure out what you can give up Remembering that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be it all. At the end of the day, the fours in tarot remind us that we that we can consider ourselves too. So the four of swords, I would say, if you were going to give it a motto at all, if you were going to pin an affirmation to it, 
it would it would say consider your peace consider your peace p e a c e consider your peace and i i think that that's beautiful because for some people this card is their peace is meditation and sleep for some people it is going to be their their peace is going to be actively cleaning up because they know that they will actually rest when their room is clean for some people they know that when they start to feel at their lowest fucking energy, what they need is not more sleep, but a shower. Consider your peace. The four invites us to consider ourselves. So consider yourself when you pull this card. What would bring you peace? You pull this in a relationship. Sometimes it doesn't mean exit the argument. Sometimes it literally means consider your peace. Does this, does this person make you feel like a stone carved effigy because you're dead or like a stained glass window? Do you feel peaceful with this person and at rest and beautiful? Or do you feel fucking dead inside? Consider your peace. Consider what you're willing to put up with. The Four of Swords, the Four of Swords is a really beautiful card because in this card, we control the last sword. We are the last sword. It's part of us. We are, a, we are the only tool that we have when it comes down to it to find our peace, to stand up for our peace. And hopefully we have surrounded ourselves with people or we are surrounded by people that will hear what we need and give it to us. Hopefully that is the case. But if it's not and you are surrounded by people who take and take and take or are willing to let you give and give and give until you're nothing but a stone effigy and no longer a stained glass window, then it comes down to you and your decisions, right? What brings you peace where can you get peace and i think that that's the really beautiful message of the four of swords when when we pull it i hope that that made sense um and i hope you didn't hear my child screaming in the background while she runs from her father who probably just wants to change her diaper he must he will need to consider his peace after that um this is the part of the podcast <laughs> where i say ha synchronicity um, it's because our collective reading, it's the four of, it's the four of wands. Um, it's a very four week. So like I said earlier, the four invites us to consider ourselves. And I've talked about the four of wands before on the podcast. I believe Gabe was in on an, I believe he was on the episode with me. Um, this coming week, consider <laughs> this coming week, consider yourself, um, the four of wands is a really beautiful card because the wands make up this kind of like wedding arch with people under it it's kind of the setup for celebration um and i think like when you read it the traditional meaning is obviously like weddings and joy and celebration when gabe and i talked we talked a lot about how it's you're setting yourself up for a commitment of something like you have committed to this action committed to this thing committed to this portion of life so, you know, consider the things that you're committed to. Like, I have felt overwhelmingly like I want to get back into writing this book that I've been writing again. This is just an example. But I've not done it simply because I haven't had time or I haven't had energy or I don't want to. But consider the things that you're committed to. How can you re-impassion the things that you want to get done? How can you find that passion for it again? Think about the things that you love to do. Like, if you are somebody who, like, finds a lot of joy in reading but every time you sit down to read with your book next to you, you find yourself scrolling TikTok instead. 
How can you recommit yourself to reading? If, if your passion is music, how can you get back into music again? How can you ignite that again? Like, consider the things that you need to do to kind of help center the things that you love that you that you haven't found time to do because it is very easy to get lost in the routine and then life becomes so mundane. But without those little things, without the little things, like I would recommend, this is so stupid, but like when I'm feeling really like unromanticized with life and everything feels very mundane and routine and blah and I do the same thing every day. Um, I make a playlist. That's so stupid, but I'll share it with you. I make a playlist of music that makes me feel good or makes me feel like I want to do things. And then I live in that playlist. I do it for writing my book. Um, I have a playlist for that. Or I have a playlist for when I need to feel like for sunny days and a playlist for when I need to have a cathartic cry. And that really helps me feel impassioned and romanticized with life. And I I put my little AirPods in, my little earbuds, and I play it. And it helps me cope a lot with getting through those those more mundane things and helps me remember that there's a fire and an energy to life. Um, And for you, it may not be music that does that. For you, it may be like journaling in the morning or at night about your day, about the things that you did. It may be taking like, it may be doing like aesthetic videos for maybe TikTok about your skincare routine I don't fucking care. Whatever it is, whatever makes you feel in love with your life again, find that. That's the message this week because it is kind of that time period where seasonal depression really kicks in because it's still fucking dark. It's fucking cold. The holidays are done. So there's none of that like fun holiday energy if that's fun for you. So, you know, find that thing that makes you feel alive again, the thing that makes you romanticize life, like get a box of hot cocoa at night and enjoy some hot cocoa before bed or light a candle, you know, even simply lighting a candle in the room that you're in so that things smell a little, smell good. I hope you cannot hear my child screaming. Uh, You know, even lighting a candle to help yourself set a mood can be important. Set yourself up like a, this is stupid, but set up a fort, like literally four of wands, set up a fort in your house, like just like a little area for you to go in that's comfy and cozy that you feel good in to do whatever you love to do. I think that's kind of the message. Um, okay. Well, that was 30 minutes of some Gabe was going to ask me how I spent 30 minutes talking about the major arcana cards, but I did because I'm me. Um, thank you all so much for the, you know, for rating for the rates, but that's not what I meant for, you know, reviewing and listening to the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed Gabe's stars and shit section last week. I want you to know that. I did not plan that. That was not my brainchild. What I gave Gabe the episode (laughs) and I said, okay, put it all together now that all the pieces are there. And he looked at me and he said, I think I did something bad. He said, if you hate this, we don't have to do it. And he showed me what he did with the stars and shit. Little intro that he made and like the weird thing he did to my voice to, to start off his segment. And I thought it was brilliant. That man is brilliant. Um, so funny and so talented. Y'all, like, he did that in, like, 10 minutes. Like, he looked at me. He said, I was in there for him to edit the last part of the podcast. He said, I did something bad. It was 10 minutes later. It's, like, a whole thing. Anyway, so send all of your love to Gabe or, I'll, you know, just he's great. So thank you, Gabe. Um, I have nothing else to say. Goodbye. <laughs>